Okay, back on a Thursday, and let's welcome in our wellness expert, Laura DeSanctis. Find her on Instagram at Go With Your Gut. She joins us each and every Thursday at this time. Laura, good afternoon, and I have to believe this is the perfect Laura DeSanctis day. We know how much you love your sunshine and vitamin D. I mean, this is a day tailor-made for you. It is. I absolutely love it. I have no complaints. Yeah, me neither. This is like the perfect summer day today. As we get set to roll into the uh, long Canada Day weekend, and uh, first up uh, this week, we're going to talk about staying safe on Canada Day when it comes to both uh, barbecues and fireworks. And we're going to start with uh, some tips uh, for people when it comes to uh, setting up their barbecue, Laura. Yep. So how to stay safe, especially for setting up your barbecue. And I know a lot of people are going to be doing fireworks for the Canada Day long weekend. And it's always good to just like I find to reiterate this, um, especially around the spring, summer months when it comes to setting up a barbecue and some of the things that we need to avoid. Um, now, I'm not an expert barbecue either, but I did some research and I was looking on Red Cross and Health Canada's websites. And really, when we're setting up a barbecue, we want to make sure that we're outside in a really well ventilated area. Um, and you want to be far away from combustible materials, even trees and place structures or outdoor furniture. So some of these may be obvious for some people, but sometimes when we're outside, we may not realize that this could be uh, top of mind. And when you're setting up that barbecue, you really want to make sure that it's on an even surface to reduce the risk of tipping over. All right. And uh, what do we look for? What should we be looking for if we haven't uh, barbecued for some time? Mm -hmm. It's a really great question. What we should look for if there's any blocked burners or metal tubes near the burners, if anything is damaged or if there's any leaky uh, fittings or hoses. And you want to make sure that you're going to replace the cracked or damaged hoses, even if they are not leaking. And if you don't feel confident about checking your barbecue, have a professional or have someone else inspect it first. Um, but again, make sure as well that the barbecue and the burners are clean and there isn't that buildup of grease because there can be a lot of grease sometimes depending on what we're barbecuing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. And some uh, good tips and uh, good reminders uh, for people. And now that we've got the barbecue set up and ready to go, uh, here is the question I think that uh, most people over the grill always ask themselves, and they'll uh, usually call somebody in for some advice or uh, some help. Uh, Does this look done? Does this look uh, like it's cooked uh, to you? Uh, how can we make sure that our food on the barbecue is properly or fully cooked, whether it's meat, fish, or something else, Laura? So you don't want to just do that look test, and I know some people do, but I think some of the best things to do is you really want to um, grill lean cuts of meat, and you want to trim off that visible fat before grilling because that fat may drip down on the hot fire and cause flames. You want to avoid charring the meat and fish, but I think the best thing, and what I also looked uh, online when I was doing some research, the best thing is really to bring that thermometer. Don't just ask someone to call them in and say, what do you think? Um, because that's really going to help prevent the food poisoning is to make sure that you cook your food based on recommended temperatures. And there's a variety of them, but with beef, pork, and veal, you want to make sure it's at least 71 degrees Celsius. And chicken and turkey is actually even more, so at least 74 degrees Celsius. Yeah, and honestly, that can make such a difference when it comes to your barbecue. You're absolutely right. And it's easy to look up the uh, temperatures, the finish temperature for all kinds of different uh, meats on your uh, barbecue. I mean, it's right there uh, online. But if you're doing that with a digital thermometer, I mean, you you know that, uh, you know, you have the uh, peace of mind that it's uh, cooked and it's uh, you're not going to get food poisoning. But uh, usually when you cook it to that uh, temperature, it tastes the best. 
That's right. It does taste the best. And I also wanted to mention, though, is when you're inserting that digital thermometer, you want to make sure you're putting it in the thickest part of the meat and make sure that it's at that right temperature before you take it off the grill. And I think a lot of people forget this too, but remember to wash the thermometer in hot soapy water in between readings um, and then refer to that temperature chart. So if you're on your phone and you're not really sure, you know, what temperature should the chicken be or the fish, you can pull it up um, even on Health Canada's website to see what are the recommended temperatures you should grill your food to. All right, good to know. Now that the barbecue is taken care of, it's done. Let's move on to the evening and the big festivities, of course, fireworks. What do we need to know, should we know, when it comes to uh, being safe around fireworks? Yeah, I think um, similar to with the barbecue, you want to make sure that you have, uh, you really want to make sure that you're in an open space. Um, Again, be careful with what you're lighting the fireworks with. And similar to uh, the barbecue, look around. um, Is there anything around you that could be even um, hazardous or flammable? So check check around you if there's like a park nearby. Are you in a very outside, well-ventilated area? You want to make sure, again, that you're far away from those combustible materials. Even stay away from trees or place structures or that outdoor furniture. And I think a lot of people forget that because when they're outside in the parks and they want to have fun, they want to shoot off the fireworks but really pay attention to your surroundings. Absolutely. Some great reminders as we're with our wellness expert, Laura DeSanctis, here on this uh, Thursday. And with the uh, temperatures, uh, I mean, they're pretty nice, as we mentioned off the top, 23, 24 degrees, but it's amazing how quickly you can get dehydrated. So we wanted to remind everybody about hydration here going into the uh, long weekend, uh, Mm -hmm. Laura. And uh, how can we ensure that we're properly hydrated? So I think one of the number one things is if you already feel that you're dehydrated, um, you want to make sure that you're drinking water throughout the day. So bringing a water bottle with you is one of the easiest things I think we can do. But for me, and this is something we've we've spoken about over the years, Jeff, um, on the show, is really setting a timer on your phone. So having it set for every hour as a reminder uh, to drink or have a few steps of water. skipping that, those diet drinks, skipping juices, and just making sure that you have the water in front of you and that's visible. That's your best defense against really dehydration. It's really prevention is key. Um, don't wait until you're thirsty, and I think a lot of people do that. So by the time you feel thirsty, you're already slightly dehydrated, if not maybe more. So sipping that water throughout the day, drinking more fluids than usual when the weather is hot is especially key. And if you don't really like to taste the water, there's tons of alternatives too. You can really flavor your water. All right. Is it true? I mean, we've all heard this. Drink at least eight glasses of water a day. That seems like an awful lot uh, for most of us, uh, Laura. But is that fact or fiction that we should be having eight full glasses of water a day? So that is actual fiction. It really depends on a lot of things. Um, it depends on it depends on if you're exercising or if the weather is especially hot. It can depend on if you're taking certain medications or if you're on a specific diet, let's say the keto diet, um, or if you're a folk that eats a lot of more meat, um, you may need to drink more water. So really what the general guidance, and I'm like a I always like to tell people is really listen to your body. I know people say drink half of your weight in ounces. So if you're someone that weighs 150 pounds, you're supposed to drink about 75 ounces of water, which is nine cups. But it varies from person to person. So at the end of the day, really listen to your body and what is your body trying to tell you. Okay. And if we are trying to get uh, better hydrated, get more water into our system. I know you mentioned uh, flavoring a second ago. Uh, By the way, you can't flavor it with Kool-Aid, right? It's... (laughs) It's no longer healthy. 
but okay. I don't think it's healthy. It's not. It's not something I would recommend. There is an okay. alternative, though. There's definitely an alternative because I knew I used to grow up on Kool Aid and I was addicted to the sugar. So I would like to tell people there's something called uh, NRC or even those electro drink mixes, those packets. Um, they will contain the potassium and the magnesium, a lot of the electrolytes we need to help us feel hydrated throughout the day. But if you're someone that just really hates water, you can always add a splash of juice or um, like orange juice or grapefruit juice or unsweetened lemonade. So add maybe a cup of that and then add three, three um, quarters of a cup of water. That might work. Or even have two, one to two smoothies a day. So there's always workarounds if you're someone that absolutely hates water. All right. Keeping us uh, healthy and well going into a long weekend. Laura, appreciate this as always. Enjoy your long Canada Day weekend. Thank you. You too. Appreciate it. There's Laura DeSanctis. Again, you can find her on Insta at Go With Your Gut. And we're back after a break here on the Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.